Welcome back to the OG of the HRC Way News. They ain't telling you. Okay, let's get right into quick news here. Um, so as most of you guys probably know, but we have to talk about it, of course. Impeachment is done, finished, no mas. Thank God it's over with. Um, so the vote was 57 to 43. Seven Republicans voted yes. Um, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska is the only senator who voted yes that is up for re-election in 2022 in Alaska. So we'll see how that works in her favor or against her. Um, Mitch McConnell voted no, but then he decided right after the vote to go on the floor and say, I voted no for impeachment, but I do believe Trump is guilty. And I think that the Department of Justice should get involved. So that's great. One of the Republican senators, um, I want to remind everyone of this before you guys get too excited about him, Burr, um, he's the one that it came out that before COVID hit, right before COVID hit, he did what you call insider trading, and he made a lot of money off of that. So, you know, just maybe keep that in the back of your mind. Um, But watch out for that seat in Alaska. She may be a Republican, but she's also the woman who voted no on Kavanaugh. So she's a really good ally to have, and it would be really sad to lose her, especially to Sarah Palin, who is rumored to um, primary her. So let's pray on that one. So impeachment is done. I'm going to get into some more impeachment stuff a little bit later to kind of break things down for everyone. But other than that, that's what we're looking at. Um, We were never going to get to 67. I kept trying to warn you guys. I kept trying to tell you guys, and hopefully you guys understand. Again, I'll explain it further a little bit later. Um, Valentine's Day, which just passed yesterday, is the three-year anniversary of the Parkland shooting in Florida. Of course, 14 students and three educators were um, killed on that day, so I can't believe it's been three years. It's insane, and what's even crazier is that we have a congresswoman um, in office right now who doesn't even believe that it was real. So my hearts and thoughts are with those families who lost ones three years ago. Um, the Louisiana GOP is censor, censor, censoring, excuse me, <laughs> Senator Cassidy, who also voted for impeachment. Um, it seems to be that's the new theme these days. It happened in Arizona. It happened in, in Wyoming. So, like, that's the thing is, is saying, no, no, you were bad. You won against us. So there you go. Some positive news. The COVID numbers here in America have officially started to drop. Um, I believe that has a lot to do with we're getting a lot of people who are fully vaccinated. Um, Joe Bi- President Biden is reaching the goals, the 100 million in 100 days. He said he has enough vaccine. He has bought officially enough vaccines now in America to vaccinate every American. So we are getting closer and closer to some type of normal. That's positive. Um, New York Attorney General is investigating $280 million in loans that was given to Trump Manhattan properties. So that's going to be interesting. So people who are upset about the impeachment just know there are, are other cases, state cases, that are sort of pending against Trump organizations, Trump himself, Trump's family. So we'll see. I believe there's a case also in Georgia because of the election. So a lot of stuff going on. Um, and he's sitting silently in Florida. So we'll see. So China and President Biden seem to be kind of having some rustle here. Um, President Biden and his administration came out and are questioning 
the WHO organization and China about possible COVID cover-ups of the numbers in the early days of COVID. Um, President Biden and the president of China were on a telephone call the other day for about an hour and a half. And apparently China left that conversation not being very happy because China has come out and basically fired back at President Biden and said basically like, you don't know what you're talking about. We didn't lie. So we shall see. I've personally looked at the, the, the numbers from China and they don't add up to me and they're just like basic numbers. So there's a lot of questions there. So we shall see. Um, President Biden's deputy, deputy press secretary has resigned after reportedly threatening a reporter at Politico. Um, so that's tragic, but President Biden made it very clear from day one, if you work for me, I'm not going to go along with any sort of shenanigans. So there's that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> the good old Lincoln Project, who I've been warning you guys about for quite some time now, is imploding as we speak. Um, Weaver, who's one of the original founders of the Lincoln Project, it has now come out that he has an issue with young boys and using his power, over abusing his power with young boys, sexual harassment, on and on. This didn't just start recently. This has been known for quite some time. Weaver is a big um, political guru in the Republican Party. So that is interesting. And we also have, it came out that they raised over $90 million dollars. And only 23 million of that went to actually fighting Donald Trump. So I tried to warn you guys to not trust them. And the cherry on top is that they have a lot of Democrats emails that they can use in the 2022-2024 election. So yeah, this is this is a problem. So they are imploding at the seams. Um, the Los Angeles Police Department are doing an internal investigation because there was a Valentine that was going around that had a picture of George Floyd and it says, you take my breath away. So hopefully they get to the bottom of that because there's nothing funny or, oh, it's too soon or no, just shouldn't have been done. So I really hope that the LAPD gets on top of that. They've already been in some trouble over the last couple of months in general. So this is just something else to add onto the plate of the LAPD. Um, the Texas Governor Abbott is asking for a state of emergency because of severe weather. Um, my nephew actually just called me and he lives in Arlington and he said that he has about this much snow. So it's pretty bad if they are getting snow in Arlington and uh, they can build snowmen. So let's hope Texas stays safe and thankfully Texas's governor doesn't have to deal with a president who holds things against him. And last but not least here, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have announced that baby number two is on the way. They, of course, live here in California since Prince Harry stepped away from the family. But yet he's still a prince. I don't know why. I'm not British, but like there's some sort of whatever. So baby number two, little Archie is getting a brother or a sister. I wish them all the best because I know that Meghan Markle has already suffered through one miscarriage. So I pray that all goes well. So let's get into... A little bit deeper okay so this hopefully hopefully fingers crossed will be the last time that we're talking about impeachment um, I have been telling you guys for quite some time that unfortunately I knew we weren't gonna get to 67 um, we got more Republicans than I thought we would but uh, still not 
not even 60. So, <laughs> you know, this is where we are. I'm just going to do a little backtrack about impeachment and kind of how we got here, which impeachment is sort of becoming the new normal. Um, I just saw Senator Graham this morning on a news program, and he was threatening to <laughs> to impeach Kamala Harris if she were to become president. Um, if they win back the House, he said, we're ju we'll just impeach Kamala Harris. And in 2016, before that election was even over, he was saying, we'll just impeach Hillary Clinton. So how we've got here is three presidents have been impeached in the history of our country. Andrew Johnson in 1868, impeached in the House, not in the Senate. Bill Clinton in 1998 for perjury, and um, he, he got impeached in the House, not in the Senate. And Trump, now two times, he's the only president in history of our country to be impeached twice, um, just in the House, not in the Senate. So let's go to Bill Clinton, because I think this is really important on explaining of how we got to where we are, just in politics in general. So the Bill Clinton investigation started with Kenneth Starr, who was the uh, private lawyer that they hired. It started out as an investigation into potential real estate deals, which the Clintons, they said, had made that were um, illegal, I guess. I don't really remember the whole deal because it turned left very quickly. Um, they couldn't find anything on that. For a very brief period, once they realized they didn't have the real estate thing, then they turned into someone who used to work for the Clintons, had committed suicide, Vince Foster, and they tried to pin that onto the Clintons like they had killed, gotten him killed because he knew all this information. The FBI proved that was not true. He committed suicide, and the FBI, even then, was not a fan of the Clintons, but they proved. Um, and I actually personally know the guy who closed that case. I kid you not. And he told me over dinner, 100% Vince Foster committed suicide. So then it turned into what we all know, the impeachment, Monica Lewinsky and the dress and the affair and the cigar and all that just nonsense. Um, so what they did is they have two articles that passed the Republican House. And how that all came about was Bill Clinton was not aware that Monica Lewinsky kept this infamous dress with you know what on it and thought that it was his, ver his word about the affair versus her word, and he thought, okay, we'll be fine, as most guys do. They're going to lie about it. And so he lied under oath and said that he did not have sexual affair with this woman. Well, Kenneth Starr uh, knew that Monica had this dress and basically set him up, and they presented that to the House, and that's what the House moved on to impeach him. Um, two articles all based on perjury because he did lie under oath. That is the thing, but he lied about a blowjob. He didn't lie about selling weapons of mass destruction to Iran. I mean, <laughs> so, um, and then article one in the Senate got 45 to 55 and article two got 50, 50. So it couldn't pass. He kept his job. Now keep in mind, this was a Republican controlled house and a Republican controlled Senate. And they absolutely positively hated the Clintons for a lot of reasons, but um, it didn't pass in the Senate. And he was able to finish his second term, and he did a fantastic job in that second term. And he was still able, even in the middle of impeachment, he was still able to make bipartisan deals with Newt Gingrich, who was the Speaker of the House at the time, who was the biggest, like, the Clintons should be impeached. And um, he was still able to be a president and be impeached at the same time. It's pretty legit. Um this is interesting to keep in mind. Senator Grassley and Senator Graham all voted guilty with Clinton for
for a blowjob and lying under the oath about a blowjob. Nothing more. There's nothing else there. And yet voted not guilty for Donald Trump two times over. So that's funny. Lindsey Graham was the biggest believer. He went on the Senate floor and he like gave this blistering editorial about why Bill Clinton, even though it wasn't like high crimes and misdemeanors, which is what impeachment falls under, it was still wrong and he should no longer be president because he lied about a blowjob. So another interesting fact is that Susan Collins, our sort of like wishy-washy senator from Maine, she voted not guilty with Bill Clinton, but then she voted not guilty for Trump the first time, but guilty for Trump the second time. So she's continuously just wishy-washy, but it is proof that she used to be pretty legit and she used to be a true more of like a Republican independent senator. No more. So the reason that I'm bringing all of this out is that this is how we've gotten here to impeachment is sort of turning into the new normal. Where once it's once that happened with Bill Clinton, Democrats thought, oh, no, 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 we're going to get you back. We're going to get you back so bad someday. And it should have, in my opinion, George W. Bush qualified to be impeached, lying about war, presenting to Congress and lying saying that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq when there was not, um, is a pretty big deal. But he didn't get impeached. Pelosi was the Speaker of the House at the time, and she said she didn't know what the point was because the Senate wouldn't impeach him, which is true. It's a truthful fact. But it's sort of we sort of moved on. And with Obama, they never really had a solid investigation to get anything on him. Otherwise, they probably would have. Instead, they just blocked everything once they once Republicans got power. And um, then Trump came along and it was like, oh, man, here we go. And not to say that I don't how I personally feel about these impeachments. I understand why Pelosi went forward with impeachment um, with this January 6th craziness, because it was if this is not a reason for impeachment, I don't know what is. But um, with that being said, The reason that Pelosi, I think this time, she knew that the votes weren't there, but she pushed forward. One, I think that she was very upset because of what she and her staff and everyone had to go through on the Hill. And two, because she's trying to expose all of those Republicans for 2022 in the midterms. And it can work both ways. Like I said earlier, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, she has a battle on her hands um, to keep that seat in Alaska. But it could work in our favor. Now, we have a very small margin in the House, and we have even slimmer margin in the Senate. So in order to flip that, we sort of expose. Now, 73 million people still voted for Trump. I believe all 73 million probably would vote for him again even after January 6th. But maybe, just maybe, this can work in our favor. Now, the other thing is, is that a lot of people were saying about why didn't we have witnesses, witnesses, that was the big thing yesterday or the other day. And people need to understand this, that if we were to call witnesses, they would have had to been subpoenaed because they weren't going to come on their own and that they could delay that for months. And as long as the impeachment trial is open, the Senate can't do anything else. We still don't have an attorney general, Merrick Garland, poor guy. He's been waiting forever (laughs) for a Senate hearing. He's still there waiting. We have only an active, we only have like an, like he's fill and roll attorney general. And I think it's pretty important that we have an attorney general here. Also, we need to get the COVID package done. It's not done. 
It passed through the House, but it's sitting and waiting for the Senate because of impeachment. So I understand why we couldn't push through witnesses. I understand that we couldn't extend this because there's too much going on and there's too much at stake. And so basically, Democrats said, we'll put this on the back burner with Trump, but hopefully people have exposed themselves and hopefully people will see the Biden agenda and go to the voting booth in 2022 and reward that. There was a poll that was done where they asked people, do you believe that do you believe that the COVID package should be done or that Trump should be convicted? 52% people said they believe Trump should be convicted, where 87% believe that a COVID package is needed. So when you're in politics, you've got to weigh your options here. I understand it's very frustrating that Trump didn't, you know, didn't get impeached, that he'll be able to run for office again if he wants to, unless they add in the 14th Amendment, which I don't think that they're going to go down that road. I think we're going to start to turn away from Trump now. Um, but now leave this up to the Republicans to decide what they're going to do. And we just have to get busy working. And we just have to get busy of like doing the COVID package, passing the $15 minimum wage, you know, getting our economy starting, getting kids back in school. Those are the important things that can pay off in the long run. Because the truth is, if we don't keep the majority in at least the House or the Senate, Biden can kiss his last two years goodbye. And then it makes it even harder for whomever the Democrat is, because I do not believe that Joe Biden, President Biden, will be running after four years. Whomever it may be, Kamala Harris, whomever it is, Vice President Harris, whoever it is, it makes it that much harder for them if we don't have accomplishments to deliver to the people. So I get the frustrations. I get all of that. But it's we've exposed them. And now we need to do our job. We can't waste any more time. So that, which again, it goes also to the filibuster and eliminating the filibuster. It takes more time away from things that we have to get done. The COVID bill, we can pass with 51 votes. Everything else, we're going to need bipartisan support. And clearly, that's going to be difficult. So that is where we are. Do I think the Republicans, when they gain power again, that they're going to impeach? Oh, yeah, 100%. They created this new normal, though back in the 90s. And the only way we get off this train is if someone in the room says, okay, enough. And I, I don't see that happening because it's like, no, you've done really wrong. No, you've done really wrong. So I don't know what that'll look like, but I think that we have to move forward and let the state cases move forward in New York and Georgia against Trump. Let Trump sort of figure himself out and let the Republican Party figure themselves out because we have our own problems over here. So that is what I'm saying about impeachment. I pray to God I don't have to talk about impeachment for at least another four years. Please, God. So let's move on to the next story. Okay, so let's talk about 2024 and that girl, Nikki. And you know who I'm talking about, Nikki Haley. She is the infamous back and forth with Trump. Recently, she's not on the same page as Trump. Recently, she did a whole like article with Politico where she said that um, the party shouldn't have followed him down this road. Where, mind you, like two weeks prior to that, right after January 6th, she was saying that we needed to move on as Democrats and can a guy get a break? And so I, her pollsters must have told her that she needed to switch the narrative or whatever. But if you guys don't know who Nikki Haley is, you should. Um, she is a threat. And I, I'm not saying that lightly. She is a threat. And she potentially could be the first woman president. 
of the United States. And I'm not saying that as a diss to Vice President Harris. I think Vice President Harris has a whole slew of things that she brings to the table where she could be. However, I'm not going to sleep on Nikki Haley, and you guys shouldn't either. So Nikki Haley is the former governor of South Carolina. She's the first female governor of South Carolina. She's the former UN ambassador under Trump. Of course, she left her job as governor to go and be the UN ambassador. When she made that transition, I knew in that moment that the girl was going to be the UN ambassador to get foreign policy under her, her, her rap, you know, under wraps so that she could run for president um, because that is extremely important. So, and then she left um, UN ambassador. Now, prior to all of that, she also was in the, she's a former South Carolina House of Representative. Then she ran for governor. She won the governor, blah, blah. So she's first generation. Um, her parents are from India. Her real name she goes by Nikki, which is her middle name, her real name. And if I say this wrong, I'm not being disrespectful. I looked it up and I, there's like different ways to say it. So Nimrata Nikki is her, is her real name, but she goes by Nikki for probably obvious reasons. So she is a woman of color um, in the South. She's a Republican. She's, um, her big controversy was the Confederate flag. When she was governor, she sort of like doubled down on not, wanting to take it down because she says like what it stood for to some people is very important where again to me it's at the end of the day it's not only about slavery it's also about that those people wanted to leave the union and be their own country so like I don't get what's patriotic about that or why would you want to be associated with that and again yeah on top of that you wanted to keep slaves so there's that but she doubled down on that she has some issues with LGBTQ um you know, issues of not one, the bathroom situation when that whole thing was happening state by state, she sort of doubled down on like, no, a girl goes in a girl bathroom, a boy goes in. So like your cliche Republican stuff here. She is though a strong supporter of Israel. And this is very important. And a lot of people don't understand why this is so important. But to a lot of Jewish people in this country, Israel is everything. And so a lot of a lot more Republicans have sort of been keened into that and win over the Jewish vote by simply showing support for Israel. So she is a strong supporter of Israel. She wanted the embassy to be moved. She was a big believer in that, which a lot of Jewish people were over the moon about. So, you know, um, she believes in the death penalty. She's fought for the death penalty um, at the U.N. level. There was a big controversy Um about the human rights that Eleanor Roosevelt actually wrote when she was the head of the UN. Um, and she is a, a, is a fan of the death penalty. So I don't want to say fan, but she believes in the death penalty. Um, she, after leaving the UN, she was on the board of directors for Boeing. Um, but she left after only one year because of controversy with something with the bailout money that Boeing was getting. She says she left, but I'm like, no, really, she left because she wants to run for president. So she has two children, um, and her husband is an officer in the South Carolina Army National Guard. She's written two New York Times bestsellers. She's very popular with Republican women. Um, like I said, she is, you know, comes from an immigrant family. She's first generation. Um, they're very highly educated, her parents. I believe they're both professors. Um, she has that foreign policy background now because of the U.N., and she has officially hired a small team 
to start guiding her, a pollster and stuff um, and such, excuse me, to sort of guide her, which is why I think she's made this switch over away from Donald Trump. I don't know if that'll hurt her or help her. I don't think anyone in the Republican Party really knows that. Um, In 2016, she couldn't stand Donald Trump. She was a big fan of Marco Rubio's, who was running at the time. And she said something along the lines of like, if your children can't listen to him, then what are we talking about? Something along those lines. And then magically she realized, oh, okay, I kind of need him. So she is a huge threat to the Democratic Party um, because she is a woman of color And she's a woman, and she's a Republican woman, a pro-life Republican woman. Um, It's hard for the media or the if it turned out to be Harris versus Nikki Haley, that's a a hard thing for the media to do their cliche woman things. Because if you have two women who are just running against each other, two women of color, by the way, that makes things really hard. And what it actually makes is a campaign based on policy. And this woman isn't stupid. I don't agree with 99.9% of the things that come out of her mouth. However, she's not stupid. So I think that everyone, the reason I'm talking about her today is that I think that everyone needs to pay attention what Nikki Haley is doing at all times. Because 2024 is not in the bag. 2024 is not a promise. And for me personally, there's nothing more devastating than... A woman vice, a woman president, the first woman president, who's a Republican, who who believes in things that I don't believe in, and you know, it also puts Democrats in a very awkward position of of we want a woman, just not that woman, and then we start sounding like those people. So it puts us in an awkward position. But I say she's the number one contender for 2024. I do not believe that Trump, in any level or capacity, will even be close to 2024. So I think, again, everyone's trying to figure out where to land in that. Um, the Trump supporters aren't going to go away. So there is that. And I don't know. But she has a team behind her right now already. So keep an eye on Nikki Haley um, at all times. I started following her on Twitter just because I want to know what she's doing. Not because I care about what she's doing, but because I want to know what she's doing. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if she kind of comes back to Trump or goes back. I don't know. We we shall see. I think we saw this with Kevin McCarthy, too. Apparently, he had that horrible conversation with him on January 6th, and they got into it, and then he was in Florida, like, hanging out with him. And apparently, Trump would not give Kevin McCarthy all of his donors list, which was the real reason he went there. So Lindsey Graham is now going back, apparently, to Florida to get that list. So everyone's trying to tiptoe and dance, but... Nikki Haley is someone who to truly watch. And if I was a betting person, I would say Nikki Haley will be the candidate in 2024. And if you are a woman of the left, that should really scare you. Okay, so I just wanted to take a moment to thank someone who I think doesn't get thanked enough. And I think that as this impeachment thing has rolled out, um, I've noticed that this one person always seems to get hit the hardest, um, even if it is not this person's fault, even if there's no control over what happens, this person takes it. And I just think that I'm, I'm more sure than not that this person is probably getting closer to 
wrapping the career up sooner rather than later. And that is heartbreaking for me um, because this person has been in politics most of my life. And I can't imagine Washington, D.C. without this person. But I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you, Madam Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Dear Madam Speaker Pelosi, thank you. Thank you for making a decision after your babies were grown in your 50s to run for office. Thank you for saying the word AIDS when most of the country, including the then president, wouldn't. Thank you for fighting for those with AIDS when so few did. Thank you for being a devout Catholic woman who also understands and believes in a woman's right to choose. Thank you for becoming the first woman speaker of the house and showing us all that glass ceilings are meant to be broken. Thank you for fighting against the Iraq war when not many were. Thank you for holding W. Bush accountable daily. Thank you for DACA. Thank you for standing in four inch heels for hours defending it. Thank you for whipping the votes to pass the ACA, even though it cost us greatly because you knew it was the right thing to do. Thank you for facing Donald Trump straight in the face and never once flinching. Thank you for winning us back the House in 2018 and allowing us all to breathe. Thank you for always knowing your count. <laughs> Thank you for taking the punches of the entire party. Thank you for standing up for Hillary Rodham Clinton when so many walked away. Thank you for always keeping control of the caucus. Thank you for looking domestic terrorism in the face on January 6th and showing them that hate will not win. Thank you for never letting the hate-filled media defy you or stop you. Thank you for your face mask that always matched your outfit. Thank you for your foreign heels. Thank you for it all. Just thank you. Okay, guys. Until next time, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Although we are banned from there for a week. So <laughs> if we don't post, but we can still do live. But make sure and check us out there. And if you want to listen, listen on Spotify, iTunes, and of course watch on YouTube. Until next time, the OG of the HRC, signing out.